Hey there, Brian Dickman back with you for a special episode of the Fear the Phoenix podcast. I've got my guy Jim Cerro here with me as well. We'll hear from him in just a moment. But uh, special episode this week. Um, taking a little break from talking about GB men's hoops. Going to talk about uh, more GB athletics in general. So um, pretty pretty cool. We're going to get to talk to the athletic director of UW-Green Bay, Josh Moon. Um, there, you know, there is some hoops talk as well, but... Um, you know, for the most part, just kind of an overall discussion about Green Bay athletics. So, uh, really appreciate him taking some time and talking with us. Uh, they just had the steak fry uh, earlier this week. Uh, we're recording this on Friday, but um, yeah, just thought it was a good time to to talk to the man in charge of the athletic program. So, uh, with that, we'll take it away, Jim. All right, Brian, I'm really excited about today's guest. It's uh, definitely one I think all of our uh, Phoenix fans are going to want to hear from. And, you know, it's great for you and I. We talk a lot about our thoughts and what's going on in the athletic department. But with Josh Moon, the athletic director at UW-Green Bay, joining us today, I think it's going to be a really great opportunity for all of our fans uh, for Green Bay Phoenix to hear from the man himself what is going on on campus and what, you know, what the future holds for the Phoenix. So, Josh, thanks a lot for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. So, Josh, how long have you been on the job now? I started August 1, so I, I guess I, I don't know the math on that, eight months maybe or something. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fast eight months, that's for sure. Is it uh, eight months going on eight years or one of those things that uh, it's moving exactly at the pace that you thought it would? Probably probably both, you know. I, I um yeah, it, I, I think just coming in to uh, to a great place uh, that just um, in, in an interesting time in the world of college athletics, Division One athletics, you know. So there's a lot of things happening right now in a short amount of time. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a challenge, but you know, the, the, there's great people here that really care about you know the future of of Phoenix athletics. So that that makes it easier. Um, but there's definitely you know there's best definitely been a lot of work. For sure. Yeah. So when you think about you know your career path, Josh, you're one of uh, one of 361 people in the whole world that get to be a Division One athletic director. I know your background as a football player, but what kind of led you to this path of being you know an AD and then wanting to be an AD at the D1 level? 
Well, I grew up uh, a coach's kid. High, as a high school football coach for a long time, so I was a manager and you know just around sports all the time. So I always thought I was going to you know, either teach or do something in sports, and then um, went to college, played football at UW La Crosse, and wasn't really sure what I when I got done what I wanted to do still, um, but I ended up doing an internship up in um, the MIAC office, D3 conference up in the Twin Cities. And was just doing um, some, you know, kind of some um, media guides and taking pictures in the weekends and stuff uh, in their office. And like, you know, I kind of like, you know, the, the, being around events and being being part of, of something and, and making it better. Um, so I decided to go to grad school at Central Michigan uh, back in 2004. And then from there, like kind of the rest, I guess the rest is history. It really opened up my eyes and it was a great time to be there at, at that institution um, with, with what they went through and some of the high profile athletes are there at the time, able to see a lot, learn a lot. And that really put me on the right path to do this, I guess now. So. So back uh, at your introductory press conference back in July, you had this quote. So what I found most appealing about Green Bay is, is the buy-in and belief of the many possibilities of this campus and beyond the ability to rise and elevate to a level that, that most folks may not even think is possible. That's, that's why I'm here. Why not us? Why not Green Bay? And that was exactly my approach at Northern State here the last decade. Why can't we help transform this institution and be a shining light for this region and state? Why can't we elevate Phoenix Athletics to the top of the Horizon League and provide the best student-athlete experience in the conference region and beyond? So first of all, I love that quote, love that mentality. But uh, so when you say something like that, how high do you think this program can go? I, I mean, are, are we talking about adding football and, and joining the American Athletic Conference or, or what do you think is realistic to how far this uh, program can go? Yeah, I think when I, when I said that, it, it where where should this it's probably like the institution, you know, the, the for many years, UWGB was was the third smallest school in the UW system and the third biggest market. And, you know, so that didn't really fit. So the institution is, is changing, it's growing, it's, it's, you know, growing immensely. It's the only school that's growing in the system, I think, and maybe outside of Madison. So you know, what is possible and, and what does a strong athlete, division one athletics program do for, for that growing university? So, uh, you know, what is, you know, what, what does it, UWGB athletics look like in five years or 10 years, I think we do need to dream big because because that's that's when you really do things that, again, people are like, oh, there's no way they can do that. Um, I, I I thrive in that environment to some degree, I guess, in my last institution. Um, we've had a lot of people say there's, there's no way you can build a football stadium. It's not going to happen. Um, it's impossible. Um, and we ended up doing that. It opened up last summer and it was, you know, I, I, I think it's probably the best Division two stadium in the country, if not better than you know a lot of one double A stadiums uh, around. So, um, you know, it, it's a challenge, but it takes a lot of hard work. There's got to be a lot of things that fall into place. But you know, what's possible here? I think anything's possible. You know, what what can be down the road? What is sports sponsorship? All that stuff. Um, we'll look at everything. But right now, our focus just is on the 14 sports we have. How do we get all those sports to get better? How do we get basketball better and the resource they need and and really focus on, you know, kind of the core, the foundation of the program right now? That's the that's the main focus. Very good. Yeah. And I know you mentioned you've only been on the job for eight or nine months, but 
when you're looking at the department as a whole, you know, how would you assess the program in terms of things like facilities, um, staffing, programs like strength and nutrition, academic support, that kind of stuff? I mean, what kind of strengths and weaknesses have you identified within the department? And um, are there things in the works to kind of build on those strengths or um, maybe overcome those weaknesses that you've identified? Yeah, so that, you, you said it well, like looking at all the different areas and how do we be better than our, our competition? First off, who is our competition? You know, who's our aspirant schools at the mid-major level? Who do we want to look like? We're, we're not going to look like UW-Madison, right? I mean, that's that's not our competition. Um, but who do we look like in the Midwest here at, at the, the Division One? triple a level or one double a with football schools you know that you take out the football look at their basketball situation so how do we look like those schools and who do we want to be like i think that's the first question that we need to do and what's their institutional budget total budget you know what's their athletic budget um so how do we put that picture in place of what gb should be or you know where are some of those either deficiencies or weaknesses and then how do we address those one by one um we can't do everything we can't you know, we can't do it all overnight, obviously. So um, how do we take those areas, like you said, and, and focus on, okay, a strength conditioning, what do we need? We, we know that that area, we, we need our own standalone facility. We, we, we know that for sure. The days of working out with the general student population and, and some public, um, that's not going to get our athletes to, you know, to the level they need to be. So we, we know that that has to be an issue relatively soon. We got to fix that. So that's just one example of an area that, that we got to figure out. You know how to move that forward yeah and um you know just kind of piggybacking on that we're we're mostly a, a gb men's basketball podcast but uh you know I, I thought we should show some other teams some love uh the women's soccer team this fall had their best season since 2014 with the appearance in the resnick tournament semifinals women's basketball was back in the postseason this year they played in the wnit uh this spring the women's golf team picked to finish second in the conference preseason poll, and they've got some momentum heading into the uh, Horizon League Championship in the next few days. Softball, got to mention them. They're off to an 8-4 and four start in the Horizon League season, so uh, it's good things happening on the field. But um, when I look at the Horizon League all-sports standings for the McCafferty Trophy, uh, Green Bay currently sits ninth out of 12, hasn't really ever finished higher than third, I don't think. Um, now, obviously, a lot of that has to do with with other schools offering more sports, so naturally they're going to be able to get more points. But um, so kind of a twofold question, I guess, um, with Green Bay being right around the the Division One minimum for sports being offered. Kind of curious if there's been any discussions about potentially adding sports. Uh, I know I jokingly mentioned football before, but you know maybe a sport like lacrosse or something, uh, especially with the the brand new soccer stadium being a fit. But just kind of curious if there's any. Um, discussions about adding sports or um, I guess the second part of that even if they're um, not really talking about adding sports at this time how can we get back towards the top of the McCafferty standings going forward yeah good questions there the the McCafferty I think you said it well there where you know we don't have baseball we don't have track and field so those are you know those are some in in, uh, tennis for instance we don't have that anymore so those are sports that you know we just don't we don't have the full portfolio that some of our peers in the in the rising league. So obviously we lose those points in the standings. So yeah, they're a little misleading with with the with the standings, but we know we got to get better. You know, I, I think that you know with some of our the core sports here, we you know our goal for 
for the sports that we fully fund is, you know, we, we need to be in that top four or five every year. You know, really, that's that's where we should be. Um, and, and how do we kind of set that bar and give them the resources they need? So they're they're on par with their competition in the Horizon League. And like I said, then you start looking at outside the Horizon League. Who are those mid-major schools that, that we should be like and try to you know either catch or surpass? Um, it's just going to be different for each sport. You know, women's basketball. I mean, I firmly believe we should be a top 50 program in that in that sport. Um, so, what does that look like? You know, we shouldn't compare ourselves necessarily to um, to schools, you know, in the Ohio Valley Conference or someplace. You know, we we need to be comparing ourselves with the best of of the mid-major world, right? Um, so, each sport we need to look at it like that. Um, each one has their own little um, issues or challenges. So. Uh, we just got to sit down and, and really address that. Um, we've made some good steps. Like like I said, women's soccer has made some good steps and some other programs have, have made some strides. So um, we just got to um, look at all the areas, look at the challenges and then and then figure out, you know, like I said, how we're going to get better and how are we going to be more competitive? So uh, sports portfolio. Um, yeah, that's something that we always look at. You know, what what is that right mix? What works here? Um, obviously, in our climate, you know, we we really don't have much for spring sports. I mean, softball is really our only spring sport. Um, so, you know, what, what does that look like? Um, facilities, that's obviously a concern with, you know, if, if you're going to do something, you got to do it right from the start. From I believe that you can't start a program and not have the facilities set up to, to run the programs. You're just going to end up where you started 10 years later. You know, I've seen that at other schools. So um, if we're going to do something, we want to do it right. So, uh, how do we get the programs that we have to the level that they need to be competitive so we can get better? Because we, we got to get better, that's for sure. Um, we made some good strides, but but there's still a lot more work to do. You know, Josh, one of the things about uh, getting better, there's, you know, lots of components of that. And, you know, community engagement is probably a really big one. Uh, this week was a special week for Phoenix Athletics. It was uh, your first time at our Phoenix Packers or uh, Steak Fry. Hey, just recap the evening and tell me how that went from your perspective and, you know, and how that helps the programs, you know, continue to rise. Well, that's a special event. And I think that's what makes us unique is that having a partnership with the Packers and I, I, I mean, where else can you have that with a, with a, one of the best professional sports organizations in the world that, that it does that much for you, you know, be able to, um, provide that space and and provide their you know their coaches and alumni and, and really be engaged and um, I, I talked to Mark Murphy after the event and he, he was checking in to see how it went and I mean that 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 right there is what makes our department special that we have that relationship and we're so thankful for the Packers and their support so um, yeah that so how do we use that event and then multiply that uh, for other events or um, th- that folks that this is the first time there you know we had a lot of businesses for the first time there so how is that the entry, you know, the, the entry point may have been that event, but then what's the build uh, of the relationship after that? So I think that's, um, that event is, is phenomenal and it's probably a good representation of why we're different than a lot of our peers, like in the Horizon League or, you know, um, some of these other uh, Midwest, you know, institutions is we do have a pretty special region and environment with sports around here. How do we capture that? And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but to, to get people to believe in Phoenix athletics or believe again in Phoenix athletics. And, you know, that's events like that are really important in that process. And Josh, I, you know, it's uh, just been three days since the steak fry. 
Uh, I've been to several of them in the past, and that definitely had a, a good buzz and a good energy this week. Um, and definitely on the live auction, some of the uh, the numbers seem pretty impressive. Uh, do you know when we'll find out um, and be able to share, you know, how successful the event was in terms of a financial impact? Yeah, we're still working on that. I mean, it's probably going to net close to, you know, around two hundred thousand dollars. I think is the 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 number. So the, I think the live auction. You know, just if you tallied it up, it was $93,000. And obviously, there's some expenses in there we got to take out and things like mm-hmm. that, plane tickets and whatever. But um, so so I think, yeah, the numbers um, numbers were some of the highest we've seen in, in years. Live auction might have been, you know, one of the highest we've, we've had. Um, and we've got room to grow. We probably can still do another 15 tables or so um, to, to really max it out. I mean, it looked, it looked full, but there still is some room there. So uh, I think our challenge now is to, you know, even expand more of those businesses. You know, we, we want to get in the Fox Valley more. We want to get in Sheboygan and Manitowoc and Marinette and really that whole Northeast Wisconsin corridor. You know, this is their division one program. So how do we engage with them and make them feel like, okay, I, I, I got the circle of my calendar. We cannot miss this event for business networking and, and development. And, you know, it's just an all around awesome, awesome event. I mean, we had, you got, you've got some pretty, awesome Packers uh, coaches there sitting at your table. Um, if you're at a certain level, that's pretty cool. Or Nick Barnett, I mean, how Nick Barnett is awesome. Paul Kaufman is awesome. Um, just high energy going around talking to people, you know, no egos. Um, that's what makes the event pretty special. And Nick Barnett was one of my favorite Packers back in the day, but uh, so the steak fry obviously is the big one, but uh, what other events do you have uh, coming up and, is there any other way that uh, folks can get involved? Yeah, we've got uh, the Phoenix 5K tomorrow uh, for it's cross country. Has kind of run that obviously through the years. So and then we've got some golf tournaments coming up uh, this summer, uh, women's basketball, men's basketball, and then the golf team. So those are always uh, great events. So I know each each of those events has their own kind of niche with how they run things. Um, so those are really the special events. And then really right now the 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 main goal for us probably this spring summer is to expand our corporate partnership um, across across the across Wisconsin, across Northeast Wisconsin especially. So we, we need to really expand that funnel. We we got to get that funnel bigger, get more people involved. Obviously the steak fry with some of these special events, the Phoenix Fund. So if I mentioned the other night, our goal is to get the Phoenix Fund to you know over a million dollars. We've been hovering in that 400 to 500 thousand dollar range for many years. So um, that's going to take some work to get there, but the, the, the dollars are there. We just got to um, build those relationships and open up doors and, and again, just um, engage with people so they can see the value of, of partnering with us. You know, Josh, uh, thinking about m- staying on the topic of money, but looking at it from a different perspective and a different issue in today's college sports landscape. Um, you know, I, I tweeted this one time, but I'll reiterate it here again today. Back in the late 90s when I was a cross country runner and I don't know about you playing football at uh, lacrosse, but the idea of uh, the number of people that would have paid me for my name, image, and likeness was uh, was nil. And when I think about that in today's landscape, that's become significantly more important. Um, and you see it all the time in your social media feed if you follow college athletics. How does Green Bay navigate and succeed in this nil environment? Great question. So we're, we're going to start that conversation we've already had that conversation with some folks and and see how we can 
be competitive in that space at our level. You know, I, I think I was talking to some folks at some Power Five schools this week, and you know, even some of those schools, they're not competing with uh, Alabama in football. You know, they're so we're we need to focus on who we compete against. And again, that's that mid-major level. We're not we're not competing against Wisconsin for basketball. Um, you know, recruiting the same kid in basketball, men's basketball, you know, uh, maybe in women's basketball, I guess we are, but, but men's basketball specifically, like that's a good example where let's focus on who we want, who we're competing against in those sports. Each one has got a different kind of um, competition, right? So how do we be competitive or be um, on the front end of that space so that we can provide, you know, those opportunities for our current student athletes and then our recruits know that, that, man, uh, GB does have an NIL program or there's a um, a private party that does have that program that, that runs it, you know, for GB, bit essentially. So how do we get that developed and get a collective developed? I think that's what we're looking at right now. So switching gears a little bit to, uh, to men's basketball, you had a tweet back in February uh, about enhancing the game day experience. So uh, you mentioned things like improving the atmosphere with creative promotions, uh, engaging the student body, there was a mention of uh, hot tubs, I believe. <laughs> so what kind of things can we look forward to at games next year to to kind of get some excitement around GB basketball? Yeah, and that's that's something that our, we're hiring a position right now for marketing and, and tickets that, that's going to be a lot of that uh, to really be, I think the word for this year is intentionality with our staff. So how do we be more intentional with every game? So when you come to the game um, on a Friday night at the rest center, you here's what you're going to get. You're going to get more than just the basketball game. So there, I think the minor league teams around here do a great job and the, the Green Bay Blizzard, um, the indoor team here, that's uh, that does a phenomenal job with, you know, when you see that from the social media post to the, you know, this Sunday, there's a post game concert. Um, there's a laser show. There's something always happening where sometimes you even forget about who they're playing or even the, the game itself. Um, we're a little different in college athletics. You know, it's it's still about the game, but we need to have that mentality where you walk in the door, you're gonna you're gonna walk away, you know, as a family and be like, okay, that was really fun. I had a blast, and I think that's what people talk about a lot with the mid '90s at Brown County Arena is they just they just had a blast and they they met so many people and their buddies are always showed up there and um, so so we've got to you know kind of meld those two worlds, I guess, you know, the the past and the present and and obviously, it's a different environment now than it was in the mid-90s, where there's just so much more going on. And it's, it's harder to drive a ticket anywhere uh, to get people to actually come down for places. Um, so we got to get creative. Uh, yeah, the hot tub piece. Obviously, I did that out in South Dakota, and that was that was awesome. Um, so, so can we get outside the box? I think we're open to any and all ideas um, to, to try to get that. Obviously, we need to get our student attendance way better. So we got to engage with them and make sure that you know, they're taking care of, they feel like this is, this is their school. Obviously there is, they're, they're an important part of, of what we do. So um, I think it's just being more intentional and every game there's, there's something happening. And for those businesses out there, we want to make sure that they can engage with their clients, with, you know, employee retention. Um, so more nights associated with some of these major corporations that are, you know, up and down the Northeast Wisconsin, that they, they can use Phoenix Athletics as a way to help their business, you know, spread their message, but also take care of their, their employees and some of their clients. You know, Josh, uh, thinking about the Brown County arena back in the day, 
based on what I read in the Phoenix Rising book, you could say that some of the people were blasted more than they had a blast, but that's just uh, based on some of the comments from the players. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I want to stay on the topic of uh, facilities, though, as it relates to men's basketball. You know, some of the men's basketball fans in the last few years, we've really debated about, you know, where's the right home for men's basketball? Is it over on the west side of town at the Rush Center? Is it on campus at the Crest Center? You know, we're in the hybrid, you know, setup right now. You know, as you look at this going forward, uh, you know, what do you think makes the most sense for Green Bay men's basketball to call home? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I would say we know right now that we've got, uh, we're at the Rush Center for the next couple of years. I think our, our lease runs to 2024. Um, so we know we've got at least, two more years there. Um, so how do we make, again, focus on just this year and how do we make that an amazing experience at the Rush Center? That's the home of GB men's basketball right now. Um, also looking at long-term, what makes sense? Cause everybody's got a different opinion, as you said, Jim. So, um, you know, I, part of this is like, where does the university, where's the university at long-term with, with some of the developments on campus and what does that look like to, to drive events here and have a, a, you know things around campus that you know a lot of places do have you know a lot of our competition where you can you can you know grab somebody to eat you can have some beers before you go to the game or afterwards um, obviously that you know that's um, it's been a challenge here to have that you know um, women's basketball has just had the tradition and you know the the just the tradition of excellence right and, and a lot of diehard fans for the year so they I think they've been it's been a good thing for them and great experience. Um, our men's team is, hasn't had that consistent, you know, obviously um, from coaching to, you know, just consistent success. Right. So it's, it's been harder to, to build that if, you know, if they were out here full time or, or vice versa or whatever. So um, yeah, that's a good question. we got to look at that. Um, uh, how do we, how do we, what's best for GB? What's best for, for the community? Um, those are things we'll keep evaluating, but right now we know let's let's focus on, you know, this next year, this fall. Like, how do we get the rest center to be, um, to have more people there? One, but make that make that environment better. And, you know, it's it's great that we've got the GB branded court down there, and you know they they play volleyball on it, they play the the girls state high school basketball tournament on it. So that's a that's a huge win win for the university in and of itself, right? Um, but we've got to look at that. And then what's the university look like on campus here in the next five, 10 years? Is there more um, economic development happening out here? Is there, you know, things that people can do, you know, before you go to the Widener Center or go to a game? So um, that's what we got to look at. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, sticking with men's basketball, Josh, uh, this is the hill that I will die on as a men's basketball fan. Uh, Non-conference scheduling. Yeah, my question is really twofold on the non-conference scheduling. You know, one, um, as an athletic director, whether it's men's basketball or any sport, do you get involved in the scheduling or is that all left to the individual coaches? And then two, I believe there's uh, at least one tournament already locked in that seems pretty cool for the 2022-2023 schedule. But is there any, you know, anything that fans should be looking forward to uh, for in the non-conference next year? I do get involved with with scheduling and we give our coaches kind of some parameters. They 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 have a lot of flexibility in you know what they do. We'll just provide some input of you know even sport like soccer. Like hey, what 
what's the guarantees? What you know, if you go to a power five school, what you know, what what does that guarantee look like? Make sure we're getting a fair value for what we need to be a competitive, you know, market for that. So we can we got some software we can look up to make sure that we're competitive with that and that makes sense for where we are as a program. Um, don't don't get too much in the weeds on on um, you know on those Olympic sports, um, but still have the conversation. Basketball, yeah, we're definitely more involved with that. Uh, I am in in making sure that you know because it is such a kind of a fine line. We've got uh, Horizon League scheduling parameters for men's basketball that we've got to fit within, and and then you know you mentioned like a trip like going to Jamaica this year and you know, getting the the right multi-team event. For both men's and women's basketball, that's a challenge. So both of them are doing those events this year. Uh, men are going to Jamaica. Women are going to St. Petersburg, Florida. And um, again, you got to look at each sport different. So you know, women's basketball has a different um, kind of scope than men's basketball does. So um, we'll, we'll look at that. Obviously, for the especially, especially want to focus on the home and homes um, arrangements. So. You know, that those make sense. So, you know, for men's basketball, we've got, um, you know, we're finishing up a couple of those where we'll have uh, UMKC here this year. We're going to go to Indiana State and then we're working on, a you know, like programs to schedule those home and home. So we've got a couple of things in the works that hopefully we'll be able to knock it out um, in the next you know month or two. Um, and then, you know, who are the power fives you're going to play? Right. So those are always the questions. We know uh, University of Wisconsin women's basketball is coming up here next year, so we've got that scheduled. Uh, Chicago State, that was a makeup game. We got to get you know that that'll they'll come up here as well, and then going through you know a bunch of other games we got to we got to figure out. So um, that's usually happening now in the next you know month or two is you know try to get that finalized so we can uh, kind of build that excitement. Yeah, uh, you know, before uh, Brian takes over, I, I just have to put in a little plug for the preseason tournaments for any Phoenix fans that are listening. Uh, they are a tremendous opportunity to see the team up close, uh, get away when it's starting to get cold out. Uh, one of the things I really enjoy, I haven't been to several tournaments, um, you know, and one of the things I love about Green Bay Athletics, we've got really great people that work for the athletic department, super friendly. They don't make you feel like uh, they're, you know, Josh isn't going to big time you if he sees you at uh, Jamaica or St. Petersburg or wherever he's going. So any Phoenix fans that are thinking about you know, hey, maybe I could go on a road trip or should I go on a road trip? I would uh, strongly encourage you to do so. Uh, some of the best connections I've made have been outside, you know, have been with Phoenix fans outside of the state of Wisconsin when I met them. So anyway, Brian, I'm going to turn that back over to you now. Yeah, now I just got to convince my wife to to plan a trip to Jamaica. <laughs> but uh, Brian, you let your wife, you convince your wife to let you record a podcast when she's almost uh, going to be bringing a baby into the world. So you can convince her to do anything. <laughs> That's true. That's true. A little bit less commitment on the pro, on the podcast side. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Josh, uh, last question from me. So uh, the Horizon League about to be down a member with. UIC kind of throwing a tantrum on their way out to the Missouri Valley Conference. But um, obviously those expansion and membership decisions are ultimately being made at the uh, the university president and the chancellor level. But just kind of curious how involved you get in giving guidance or input and also kind of curious if any of those discussions are taking place right now about getting the league back to 12. Yeah, the, the, those are in the, the – Horizon League's kind of been through this, you know, a couple times in the last couple of years. Uh, so I'm sure each situation is a little different. And obviously the the landscape, even the last years, 
is different than it was a couple of years with, with Valparaiso leaving. So, uh, yeah, we, we get involved in those discussions, but it, it is, like you said, done at that, that high level, that board level. So we'll provide input, um, to, to our chancellor and, and then, you know, he goes in those meetings and, you know, they can have a discussion, make that decision, what's best for the league. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think right now the Horizon League is committed to where we're at, but I'm sure any league would tell you, any conference that, you know, they're always looking for options or what is that, what's the right fix? If you're not doing that right now, it's, you know, you're, you're probably not doing your job. So I'm sure that there's always, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a very different world in the college athletics, very uh, turbulent and, and crazy times. So um, you got to be aware of, you know, you're like a, a, a strong safety out there, head on a swivel, making sure that you're, maybe it's free safety, I don't know, um, but you're, you're you're around there making sure you know what's going on and you've got your, you know, eyes all over the place so that you can uh, do what's best for the league. And Josh, when you played at lacrosse, were you a safety? Uh, I was a cornerback. cornerback. So, no, I was just the guy in the end and I didn't, you know, hey, run with this guy, uh, you know, Cover two, cover four, cover three. That's that's kind of my knowledge of uh, of football right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, your knowledge of the expansion, that was your opportunity to drop like great news that Bellarmine was joining, but you held it in tight. So I, I give you uh, credit. We try, to, we try to set you up to let something slip out, but you just wouldn't do it. So uh, <laughs> anyway, Josh, I've got a couple of quick response questions they don't require anything more than just an answer no no explanation there's about five of them then we're gonna let you go okay very cool all right so you know in this world with netflix hulu and everything else what are you streaming these days when you're not working i've been watching dope sick okay all right yeah and uh back when you you said before you're the son of a coach who is your favorite athlete as a child walter payton well, you know what? We might have to delete this whole podcast. You just named yeah. a bear as your favorite. You can't, player. You can't say that. <laughs> just, just the, uh, you know, Walter Payton one. He's, he's a, a I mean, he, obviously his character and, you know, the Walter Payton man of the year speaks for himself. But in the, in the mid eighties, you know, that, that's when I, that was my wheelhouse. Um, you know, the Packers were, were not very good. So I think as a kid growing up, you know, there's something about the bears, Jim McMahon and, and just the way they, that, that team, that era operated was pretty, pretty cool. So that's, so I did. I grew up. Uh, I grew up um, in Packer country, loving the '85 Bears. Now I've kind of I've transitioned and come, you know, come back to the I guess the good side here, the Packers. But but uh, you know, back in the day too, they you know the training camp was in Platteville, so we would go to Platteville and and you know watch training camp all the time. And I think I think my brother actually um, got an autograph from Walter Payton, you know, when he was running around in his car and um, happened to be. See him so like you know stuff like that is is I think that's what made the old cheese league you know pretty special back in Wisconsin. Yeah, I I can give it up for uh, sweetness, but I can definitely tell you just last week somebody we were talking amongst some friends and I said my least favorite athlete as a child was Jim McMahon, so you'll never convince me otherwise on that one. Anyway, other than what, going what to is, Jamaica, what, what is what is uh, Jim McMahon's famous quote about BYU? Uh, I don't know what is it. Uh, the best part of BYU is seeing it in my rear mirror. mirror. <laughs> well, Jim McMahon, we love BYU, but that's uh, <laughs> that's what Jim McMahon said. So you know. that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Other than going to Jamaica with the men's basketball team, what's your dream vacation? Dream vacation is New Zealand, my friend. So that's uh, 
I'm a big uh, Lord of the Rings Hobbit, uh, and and I need to get there at some point. I heard it's just absolutely amazing, so I, I need to do that at some point soon. Perfect. All right, Guns N' Roses or Motley Crue? Guns N' Roses all day. Well, really, Patience or Paradise City then? Uh, I, I'm going to go a 50-50 split on that. Depending on the mood, you might want a little acoustic, uh, and people don't know that Izzy Stradlin actually wrote that song and was behind Patience, so he was a key member. He doesn't get a lot of credit, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Izzy Stradlin with the uh, former <laughs> Guns N' Roses member. Awesome. Final one, now that you're back in Wisconsin, what's your favorite part about being home? I would say the for sure the cheese, um, the people, the scenery, and just the access to a lot of different things that that we have here within a couple hours that I didn't have access to out in the Dakotas. I love the Dakotas, um, great great place, but um, it's good to be back. The cheese is is uh, was definitely. Um, I've lived in Michigan, Illinois, and South Dakota now, and and it doesn't compare. So that that's a big deal. Cheese curds, I you know, I, it's pretty amazing how much I miss miss that piece of my uh my diet so um, <laughs> you know i i did see you trying to you know get some cheese curds uh when they were throwing them out at the steak fry the other night uh, i thought hey josh they're for the guests uh not for the administration i did so, uh, so if you stayed a little longer i was when i was we were cleaning up at the end i i did uh find a couple bags and i was um i was having a few uh snacks so <laughs> You know, I told Brian privately, I thought for sure your favorite part about being back in Wisconsin was going to be trees so that you didn't have to deal with all the wind from the Dakotas. But uh, anyway, what did I know? Yeah, the, the good thing there, though, is uh, I, I have not had to rake leaves the last decade. So that's, that's a little ch- change of pace this year of, of having to actually rake leaves. I didn't have trees uh, for the last decade. Perfect. All right, Josh. Well, we really thank you for joining us today. Uh I, you know, when I listen to you talk, I think that we definitely have the right leader in place for Green Bay Athletics and, you know, a pathway to, con, you know, growing the brand and, and having continued on-court success and on-field success. And, um, you know, just keep doing the great work that you're doing, Josh. And, and thank you so much for being with us. Thank you guys for all you do and keep uh, spreading the good work with uh, Phoenix Athletics. Go Phoenix. Thanks again to Josh Moon for joining us. That was that was fun to talk to to the man in charge. and. Um, you know, it's fun to hear him say things, you know, like talking about dreaming big, um, really interested to hear some more about a, a standalone strength and conditioning area for, for the student athletes. I think, uh, if you take a look at, you know, just, he talked about the football stadium that he got built at Northern state. Um, uh, I think, you know, he's got a pretty good track record of, of, um, getting things done. So excited to, to learn some more about that, but, um, yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, Jim kind of mentioned it there during the podcast. My wife and I are expecting a child any day now. Maybe even by the time you're listening to this, uh, baby girl will be here already. But um, yeah, I'll probably be quiet for a little bit, just you know, working on uh, raising a newborn. But uh, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again sometime in May, probably since. Uh, when we have a better idea of of what the roster is going to look like and and things like that. But um, really appreciate you listening. Thanks again to Josh Moon. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at FearThePhoenix. Follow Jim on Twitter as well at Jim Sarrow, S-A-R-O-W. Give me a follow if you want as well, at Brian Dickman. But, um, yeah, until next time, we'll talk to you again soon. Why are you laughing at me?